Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Unseminary Podcast. Pumped for today as we talk to Andy Addis all about multi-site in a rural context. You're going to love that. This uh, It reminds me that this month we're, we're doing a lot of special stuff around multi-site. And I want to send you to multisitevideos.com, where in just a few days, on the 23rd, we're going to launch a free three-part video series all about multi-site. I'd love to send you there at multisitevideos.com, or you can just text multi-site videos to... 44222, uh, that's multi-site videos, 44222, and uh, we'll get you in the queue to get these videos. I'm excited about them, excited for it to help you. Also, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to us by our good friends over at Ministry Grit. They are back as a sponsor of the Unseminary Podcast. Do you ever feel like you don't know where to start with volunteer training? Or if you do, it's hard to get everyone in the same place at the same time? Well, Ministry Grit makes this simple to train all kinds of people, uh, every leader in your church with over a library, it's crazy, of over 3,500 videos, 850 courses, you will find training for every ministry area and leadership level from volunteers to leaders to ministry directors. Ministry Grid's scope and sequence of training makes it easy to know who needs what training. And you can customize it to fit your own church's needs by like using your own videos, PDFs, YouTube videos, and more. You can get unlimited access to Ministry Grid for just, this is crazy, $597. Just go to ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. Once again, that's ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. Now, let's enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you've decided to tune in. Excited for today's conversation in our multi-site month. We're diving in today with Pastor Andy Addis from Crosspoint Church. This is a fantastic story that you need to be leaning in on. I think it breaks some of the myths that are floating out there about about multi-site in general. Uh, Crosspoint is a multi-site church with, I believe, five at my last count ca- uh, campuses in Kansas, plus an online campus. Uh, Andy is the lead pastor. Super excited to have you on the show today, Andy. Great to meet you. And uh, I don't know when you heard your numbers last, but uh, hopefully this will be encouraging to you. We're uh, actually at eleven locations oh, right now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. I'm not sure and, where that number came from. As it was you... coming out of my mouth, I was like, "That doesn't sound right." That's, <laughs> That's <good."> okay. <laughs> That's okay. Nice. That's fantastic. And all in Kansas or where where are your locations? Yeah, we have uh we may get into this later, but a level system, but those that we actually call campuses that we are legally responsible for that bear our name and branding, there are eleven in Kansas, plus we just launched a campus inside uh, a prison ministry that will now be cross point inside. And then we have a number of others uh, across the country, across the Midwest at level two, and then level three, we even have some out of the country and several around the country. Yeah, this is fantastic. Well, apart even by just listening a little bit, friends, you probably have a sense of where we're headed today. A part of why I wanted to have Andy on the show was to talk really about multi-site in a rural context. A lot of times we the misconception is that this is just a uh, suburban or a kind of major metropolitan context. Uh, experience and although although that's been my experience over the last all oh, you know since the early 2000s uh, I wanted to make sure we highlight and talk through what I think really is a growing part of of this movement so why don't we start Andy by you telling us kind of a bit of the story if people were to show up this weekend what would they experience give us a little bit of the insider look at the church 
Yeah, that sounds great. Um, we are a rural multi-site with a vision that uh, we believe we need to reach 10% of the state of Kansas. And as we've continued to grow, we wonder if maybe that wasn't shooting a little too small, uh, which I know is God-sized. Uh, uh, but let me just tell you, 2.8, 2.9 million people in the state of Kansas. If um, uh, we did not reach 10%, if we only reached half, that's 140,000 people, so we're not going to feel too bad, right? Um, yeah, yeah, right. It, exactly. it, it doesn't feel too bad. But uh, we as a church, when you say, what what does it look like to walk in there? One of the reasons that uh, I have trouble answering that question, and one of the reasons that uh, people are shocked to hear that in rural Kansas, we have, you know, a dozen multi-sites, is because our standard uh, for what a church is, is reflective on community. So we have places that, uh, you know, meet with 20 or 30 people, but that's a significant part of the community when it's a small city that only has a few hundred people. And so that's a church for us. In other places, they may say that's just a grow group or a, or a small group. But for us, the reality is that uh, that's a significant church meeting in the body and, um, and a part of what we're doing. So uh, in that context, I have one campus that meets with uh, 1,200 to 1,800 people on a weekend. And I have a place that meets with 20, but we're all connected together uh, with everything in between. So when you say, what's it like to go in? Uh, the constants between us, our branding, mission, vision, and the weekend teaching on video. Outside of that, a good number of things are different. We're not a franchise model at all. We don't look like Starbucks. You go into one, you go into them all. Um, so there's there's many differences between our campuses. Yeah, and I'd love to pull that apart and kind of talk about how you're hanging those together and ensuring that, um, you know, folks are, uh, you know, how, how do you ensure that we're actually all together when you are, do you have such kind of a, a different approaches? But before we get to that, um, tell us a little bit about the story. How did you end up in a multi-site scenario? What led you there? You know, because I, I love this. I just think it's a great thing for people to get a, a sense of. Well, absolutely. You know, uh, I am 60 miles right now from where I graduated from high school. So this was a coming home for me. I grew up in Great Bend, Kansas. And, um, we went away to seminary, my wife and I, after grad school in Hayes and went and got an MDiv and had a, a bright, shiny future, had all kinds of urban possibilities. And, you know, when you come from Kansas, the last thing you want to do is go back to rural. But God just laid it on my heart. And to be honest with you, the reason was that I wasn't raised in a Christian home, didn't have a, a strong believing family and thought, I need to go home. And God has just blessed us. So I went to a little, you know, a plateaued at best, declining, most likely neighborhood church. It was uh, a, a church called Westbrook Baptist Church in Hutchinson, Kansas. Had seen its heyday in uh, the 1980s with about 400 people. Uh, they had declined to about 120, 127 people. Uh, hadn't had a pastor in a couple years, and uh, they were legitimately by all stats, the place you didn't want to start your ministry, um, <laughs> to be really honest with you. But they <laughs> were right. they were loving people. They were, and, and you know, every church says, Pastor, we just want to reach young families. And what that means is we don't want you to change anything, but you, we want you to perform a miracle. Uh, yes, go and, find some young people and get them to come here. Yeah, without changing anything here. Well, these guys were different. And I could tell you some stories that uh, would just knock your socks off. But but God blessed it. And so we just came to this little, um, really dying neighborhood church and uh, was kind of on its way down. And it was a revitalization. And uh, we started to grow, had about four or 500 people uh, in the first year. Uh, we started running out of room, looking at the potential of... Um, 
uh, building a building. And when you're reaching rural blue collar folks, you ain't building a building. I just got to tell you, mm-hmm. uh, the, the finances aren't there for any kind of square footage. So we heard about a church that was uh, meeting across the street. It was a big church and they were using some overflow across the street at the strip mall. I thought, well, let's give it a shot. We actually sent a couple deacons who camcorded the thing. They'll tell you how old the story is. They camcorded the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And then right. we as a church watched their chest-high camcorder of the entire service. Uh, <laughs> it's a horrible low-tech day in our life. Right. Uh, but uh, but we came back made the decision, okay, we'll try this. We bought an old Big A auto parts store and uh, said, let's just get some people. We begged 50 people to go over and start on a Saturday night to give us some space. 270 people showed up. And uh, hmm. man, we wow. we were then expanding to another city within two years when somebody said, oh, you're multi-site. And I legitimately remember going, what's that? Because we had just stumbled that? into yeah. this one. Yeah, we, we they gave me a book on the multi-site revolution. I read it and went, yep, that's what we are. I didn't even know that. But we were really... <laughs> We were really just looking for a way missiologically to expand, not for church expansion, but we wanted we wanted to bring big church uh, to little places. We wanted to network uh, resources for small works that could never survive on their own. And that's why God kind of gave us this vision. Amazing. So I I love this because I I think, well, first of all, there is a ton of people. I know, I know you know this, but I'm trying to play for people who are listening in. There's a ton of people who live in rural communities that, um, you know, my impression as someone who, again, comes from a more suburban background, suburban ministry background, is that kind of rural America has changed. It's different than where it was, Mm. say, even 10 or 15 years ago. Um, And, and, the the in a lot of ways churches that you know that may be reaching in the suburbs they're not looking to reach out into and they're not thinking about it for which is probably a shame they're not thinking about it but why what do you think are some of the unique kind of ministry opportunities that are that are presented to a church like yours as you step through all the various communities that you're in uh, throughout Kansas well, I, I do think that that is uh, when you say a uniqueness. Uh, there's there in every rural uh, town in America, there are three churches of different denominational stripes, and they're all exactly the same, right? And no, mm-hmm. no, no offense there, but 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 it's that same motif. It's that, uh, uh, and and it's a beautiful thing. I, I think that it takes all kinds of churches. But what we right. do, what affords us as an opportunity, uh, a larger church that is networking and bringing resources, it brings a different kind of church because. Uh, while they're meeting some niche uh, needs in the community, there's also some people uh, in rural America, and there are millions of people. Yes, there's been urban flight. Yes, there are lots of people in, uh, in in urban America, and that's where the trend is. But there are still millions upon millions of people in rural America, and out of them, these faithful, loving, long-term traditional churches that are there just aren't meeting the needs of everybody. But uh, kind of a, a modern, bigger styled church with those kind of resources, it, it just can't exist in rural America without a support network. So the opportunity afforded uh, to us is that if we can go in and take some of these dying churches or plant in areas where there's nothing like that, uh, we're, we're really presenting a style and a model that's counter to what's in these places. And it's meeting a population that had either said they were bored with or felt like there was no validity to the current church or just hadn't been reached by the church. And so we're the, the truth is that the average church has about 10 to 15 percent of a weekend attendance that are kind of on the outside. They're not congregation members. We're averaging close to 40 to 50 percent uh, wow. who are 
who are visiting, who aren't connected. And most likely, we always assume that at least half the people, one out of every two people there on the weekend at Crosspoint, uh, probably don't have a relationship with Jesus. And that's huge to us. Yeah, let's lean in on that a little bit. Why? What is it that God's using in your midst to see such a high percentage of, of unchurched people or, or, or visiting folks? What, what, what is it that, that he's using there? Well, it's just different. Let me give you a couple examples. Like uh, we we uh, renovate old buildings in downtown areas. For instance, our um, uh, our main campus or our, our broadcast center is in an old 40-lane bowling alley. I cannot tell you how many people came to church just because they wanted to see what we did with the bowling alley. Yeah, totally. I could see that. Yeah. It's a, it's a curiosity thing. Well, they come in and, and you treat them well. They had an experience they didn't think they would have at church and, and they come back and it begins that journey. Uh, they didn't come to see a bowling alley and then fall on their knees and cry holy. What they did is they, they came in to see a bowling alley and said, this ain't that bad. And we started a journey together towards Jesus. Uh, in other places, it's just that, you know, uh, and this is this is going to sound. I want you to hear this for what it is. We have a campus called in Sterling, Cross Point Sterling, and it is a small rural farm town. Has a Presbyterian college there, and um, when the college is in session, they have maybe twenty five hundred people in town. So it's it's not a huge place. Uh, but I remember it was the first place we were a totally video driven. Everything's live except the message, but it was a totally video driven. There was never live preaching there except the once every other month when we make campus pastors preach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember it, let, let me tell you how rural this place is. Every now and then we don't get cash in the offering plate. We get wheat shares from the co-op. Now that's <laughs> rural, right? I've never had that happen before. You, 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 <laughs> that's you, amazing. The first time that came through, we're like, what is this? And then we found out that's better than gold right there. That's, yeah, that was quite yeah, a right. that's amazing. Uh, yeah, totally. So, so huh. that's the country life there. Well, um, we we did video there and we were concerned because of where it was. Well, one of the, the athletic director for the school, uh, he stopped me one day after they had been going close to a year. He goes, I owe you an apology. And I said, what for? He goes, <laughs> I thought this wasn't going to work. And every weekend when you ask us to bow our heads and close our eyes, when I open them up, I look for you because I forgot you're not here. This video thing works. And, uh, um, and, and I'm here to tell you, let me make sure you hear this. I don't think video is the way to do it. I don't think what we're doing is the way to do it. I think it's a way to do it. But what we learn is that if video works for farmers, video can work anywhere. And uh, that's that's something that when we offer things like that, when we offer, it's just new, it's different. And in a lot of rural communities, there's not a lot of new and different. So it draws attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing on the video side. Like I know, and again, well, obviously, like you say, just underlining what you say, because I'm trying to save the cards and letters, but multi-site isn't just about video. What we're seeing is the more campuses you have and the, and the larger your church is, statistically, the, the the video will be a bigger part of your future. And so obviously with so many campuses, you know, video needs to be a piece of the puzzle. Um, and and now, so you've obviously found the adoption has been has been good in a rural context. Uh, is, there, is there a segment of people who video doesn't seem to work with in your community or are you seeing it just seems to have kind of wide adoption people seem to to get over it and, and I know enjoy this, it this is going to sound crazy we've been doing video since 2006 uh yep. and i have not ever had a single letter or a single conversation with someone who left the church because they didn't like the video now we have had other christians from other communities who've criticized it uh, yes. but 
but I'm really not that concerned about that. If I could be honest with you, we've never had anybody. Matter of fact, here, here's a story from Hayes, Crosspoint Hayes. I went out and preached one time for a special event and an older lady tapped me on the arm. She says, it's so good to see you, pastor. We love you. She goes, but if I can be honest, I like you better on video because I pay more yes. attention. Yes, it's true. <laughs> and this is true. And we've seen that time and again, you know, that, uh, you know, there's this interesting thing where, um, you, you know, video can take good teaching and make it better, actually, because you're, you're, cl- you're closer up. Um, there's usually you get a better, you know, you get a better view of someone's face. And there's so much kind of communication that's happening. That's not just verbal. It's all that other kind of nonverbal cues. Yeah, right. that's, uh, that's, well, that's study, incredible. Studies show there's an attention span difference that, that we yep. get when we do video that you don't get in live. But, but let me tell you, that wasn't the primary mover. The primary mover was it's hard to get uh, to get good Bible teachers uh, yes. to to spend their lives in places like you know uh, Beloit, Kansas, um, yes. they they're not going to bring twenty thousand dollars of school debt and their hopes and dreams there. But in all these places, there are pastorally hearted, administratively minded uh, laymen and women who are incredibly gifted, who want to see God do something. And if somebody like us would partner with them and provide uh, that, uh, provide the teaching in, they can do everything else. So we're partnering with them. So it's really, number one, a human resources issue. How do we expand the gospel to places where we just don't have enough leaders to go? Well, we find pastors instead of preachers. And, and and we put them in that spot, and then we partner with this video preacher. Uh, but then secondarily, and this is amazing, if you've ever seen a church planner, they say how how long how many hours a week do you work? Well, they work an ungodly number of hours, but you can almost divide it in half because half their time is in sermon prep. Well, all of our church planners. They spend all their time discipling, loving, and growing the people in the church uh, because they don't have to deal with all that. Well, and it almost sounds like it's like an echo. I think I've heard this before. Let the teachers teach, let the pastors pastor, like, you know, almost like people who have gifts should use those gifts. Like it's, it just sounds like such a great idea. <laughs> well, you know what? It does sound a little biblical and I would argue yeah. this and some people push back that the apostle Paul was a multi-site pastor. Um, oh, totally. Because- he used the medium of the day, which were letters. But what did they do? He wrote a letter and circulated it around the church. They all got together, read the letter, and then passed the letter on. Uh, no, so absolutely. It, it's, the, it's the same thing, just different medium. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Uh, can you kind of talk through, um, you, you know, the kind of programming elements that, so the non-teaching stuff that happens around, give us a sense of kind of the spectrum of what that looks like. And obviously there's, there must be some principles that you're trying to apply that may look a little bit different in each, each location, but you're holding some of those principles common. What would that look like uh, in your services? Yeah, we call those the cross point constants. These are the things that if you're a cross point campus, if you're a level one, you will do these things. This is this is the stuff that's legally mandated because we're all under the same um, 501c3 and church number. Um, uh, and, and those things are the weekend teaching the mission or missiology of love God, grow up, serve all with our mile markers of spiritual development of salvation, baptism, personal disciplines, grow group, sharing your faith, sharing your life, um, and our branding. Now, there are a few other things like children's church and some curriculum pieces that we want to make sure we're all together on, but we give campus pastors incredible freedom 
to know and exegete their community. For instance, we have one campus that is more country in its worship flavor, and another one that's uh, more, I hope you understand this term, college sad and sweaty, right? <laughs> that's kind of their, sure. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. their worship yeah, style. Uh, but then not just that, like Vacation Bible School, which for some churches is a staple. Well, that's got to be a choice. I've got one campus where they don't do it at all because it was nothing but glorified babysitting in their community. Another campus that it is the huge family outreach and they dominantly use it. And another campus that uh, the way for them to to gain credibility was that they do a community vacation Bible school with the other churches. So uh, in that, the campus pastors have to know their people, know their community, and we want to give them great freedom to do whatever they need to do there. Hmm. Well, let's talk about that. Like what, what would be um, so I, I really appreciate that on the front end, you're defining, Hey, here's some constants. Here's the things we're holding on to. And then, you know, the rest of it, we're going to give some kind of open, um, you know, open hands to say, Hey, we'd love for you to wrestle through and figure out your own context. How are you then providing coaching and leadership for the campuses in general to help them continue to reach their communities, to try to apply lessons from one place to locate from one location to the other? What does that look like? How are you engaging with them? And not just you, but your team, how are you guys engaging with each other to, um, to, to stay, um, you know, kind of moving closer, growing, reaching mm-hmm. the kind of people you want to reach? What does that look like? Yeah, you know, I think that that's actually the secret sauce if there is one, because the videos and the technology and the quality of service and the materials, those are all, those are all the icing on the cake. But what's the cake? It's the relationship. Uh, of the leadership. Uh, Everything rises and falls with leadership. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, my job is I pastor the smallest congregation. I pastor the campus pastors. And um, we stay, I think, about as tightly connected as I've ever heard of a multi-site ministry that's geographically spread out like we are, because we're we're up to eight hours away from each other at at one point. Uh, So we have some geography distance. So what we do is every Tuesday is a two-hour uh, online meeting uh, where uh, we are just religious about it. And um, and what's really great is that I've seen the value of that. We're all face-to-face and, um, and, and we don't do lots of logistics. We usually limit it to three things, but the biggest issue is we spend, I lead a pretty significant devotional. We have prayer time for each other. We crack up. I mean, we have, we, 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 it's a very highly relational time. And there have been times when I said, hey, we don't have anything to really discuss. We're kind of in a lull. You guys want to skip the meeting? And the answer is always no. Everybody wants to get on. It's just, that's the community. Outside of that, once a quarter, we have face-to-face meetings uh, where we all gather at a specific location. And uh, usually twice a year, sometimes when we're in a pinch, it's only once, but twice a year we do sleepover events where we meet at a camp oh, nice. and yeah. spend some time uh, together. And we'll try and do some fellowship things. Now, the executive team, which uh, isn't attached to a church, they're the three guys. I'm one of those who help run the entirety of Crosspoint as a network. We're always out. I've been at two campuses outside of where I live uh, this week, and, and we try and touch base, take guys out to lunch, stay relational, and just uh, try and get a feel for what's going on and, and try and help. Now, the geography is difficult, and uh, the, the, the model is not ideal. Uh, so there are always problems, but uh, staying connected like that, I think, is the key. Yeah, that's, again, just to underline what you're saying there, um, you know, I asked a similar question, interact with Mark Job, who's in Chicago, if folks of long time listeners might remember that interview, they have 25 locations and somewhere north of 
40, almost 50 services and very similar in a decentralized, they do local teaching. So they don't do video, they do local live teaching and Mm -hmm. uh, a similar approach that I think sometimes we can try to, we try to solve the, how do we keep everybody together? How do we keep people rowing in the same direction? We, We try to solve that structurally. We say, well, if we have the right org chart and like the right standard operating procedures, we'll do that. But actually I love what you're saying is ultimately it's about how do we keep these people pastorally connected? How do we keep them relationally connected together mm-hmm. uh, and rowing in the same direction? I, I think, again, sometimes I think in this area, we can get too corporate and think like, well, we'll just solve that with a checklist, which actually isn't true. At the end of the day, we're trying to keep people's hearts engaged in uh, in a common min- mission. Um, what about the other areas like when you t- talk about kids ministry, student ministry, is it the same kind of thing, I'm assuming, right? We're kind of deciding locally what wh- what works, what doesn't. How are you sharing resources in that kind of non-adult programming uh, way across your locations? Yeah, our student ministry, which of course is uh, about fifth grade through well, everything else, uh, is is independent. Now, we do have a couple of uh, flagship programs that uh, offer uh, resources, and you can reproduce those if you want, but you can go your own direction if you'd like. Children's Church is different, however, uh, because uh, we, w- that is one of our constants. So we actually produce everything locally, and this is what helps on the quality and reaching young families. We produce everything locally at a big church kind of level, and uh, every campus gets the number that they need of uh, Apple TVs. And when you log into our channel, uh, Everything is updated weekly from grow group material to sermons for the weekend service and children's church videos. And then this way that they don't have to reinvent the wheel. They don't have to come up with everything. It's all provided for them uh, at a central level and, and we can reproduce it. So our children's church, but our children's church doesn't go. Uh, we have an intergenerational philosophy, which would be a whole other, um, whole other Oprah for you if you wanted to get into that. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. but, but we take children's church through fourth grade, um, and uh, and then we uh, we move them to a transitional program. Uh, and, and then into the adult community, so that they are getting used to you, you know nine out of ten uh, graduating. Uh, Christians who go off to college, nine out of 10, 90% will leave the church in the first two years. And it's because the one common denominator of the 10% that remain, the one common denominator isn't the Bible study program, the denomination or anything else. It's the fact that they had two or more adult relationships in their home church before they left. Mm-hmm. So uh, we want to get them in. So we got fifth graders handing out bulletins uh, with somebody else on the serving team. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're working in the coffee shop and they're helping usher this and that in sixth, seventh, eighth grade because they need those relationships. Again, it's relational. That's great. I'd love for you to talk through the th- kind of three levels. We've kind of mentioned it throughout, but I, there's a lot of churches that are trying to wrestle with what do we, how do we define kind of various people who have relationships with us? And I don't know that I've heard a clearer explanation than the way you talk about it. And so talk us through how you, you know, you talk about level one, level two, level three, what does that look like for you? And how does a church become one of those? What does that look like? Or how does a group of people, how do you think about those various levels? Yeah, one of our core principles is that kingdom uh, expansion uh, redefines our growth, meaning that everything that we do doesn't have to be a cross point thing. So what it led us to the place is we just give everything away. Uh, Nothing that we have do we lock up or do we brand so tightly that it can't be used. Uh, in other places. So we have level one, level two, level three, and I'll back through it. Level one, these are cross point campuses. These are the the ones when I give you any numbers, it's only from level ones. Right. Level twos are uh, either new plants or they are 
um, uh, revitalizations that have indicated there's a possibility that they may uh, want to be a cross point campus. And so we have a, a standard that uh, even if you said, if you came in with a million dollars and a pristine facility and a hundred people said, we'd like to become a cross point campus. Uh, I would say it's going to take a year. We have to walk it. I'm so glad the Lord has never tested me on this, by the way. Uh, but, <laughs> it sounds so good when it's theoretical. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all on paper right now, but, but our plan yeah, is yeah. that, you know, you have to walk with us for a year. And then at the end of that year, we decide, is this really the way you want to go? Because it means that you, uh, we are the Borg. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile if you're a Trekkie. Uh, that, that, that you'll become part of, of who we are. And, uh, and it's not a merger because mergers really don't work. It has to be an assuming. Uh, and that's why you take that year to walk through and say, okay, are, are you comfortable being in this space? Now, let me get, before we get to level three, uh, let me explain to you how legit we are on this. Crosspoint McPherson is no more and not because because it's not there. Uh, We walked with them for a year as a revitalization. At the end of it, we said, are you guys ready to get on board? And they said, you know what? We feel like we're strong. We can do this. We patted them on the back. Everybody applauded. We celebrated it online and they're doing just fine on their own. Uh, We spent a year with them, but we consider that a win uh, and they're doing their own thing now. Um, But a level three is anybody using our resources uh, that self-identifies. And at level three, uh, we want to just stay in touch with you. At level two, we actually assign somebody to you and you're able to view our pastoral meetings and and have inside access to resources. Level one, you participate in all that and help create those things. So level three, we have people all over the country. Um, uh, we, we have uh, Spanish translation of the weekend message and there are four congregations that are level three, two of which are out of the country. Uh, and they're just using the resources. They never intend on becoming a cross point. And that's more than okay, but we give everything away. And as we give it away every now and then one out of ever, how many decides, Hey, we'd like to link arms with you. Well, God bless. That's great. And that's, that's kind of how we grow. That's amazing. Well, when you look to the future, you know, what does the future look like? How are you, what is the horizon? You know, what is it kind of the next, next steps for you guys? What are you dreaming about thinking about these days when you think about the future at Crosspoint? You know, uh, everything is futures prologue. Uh, everything <laughs> is um, uh, always a step back because we grew as a church so fast that we described ourselves as a Hummer of a church on a Geo Metro of a chassis, and so we had to take we had to take <laughs> a pause and go back and work on infrastructure, and then we could go again. Uh, so right now, if I could tell you the immediate future is, we have taken a pause on aggressive church planting to work on a discipleship process. Not that we didn't have one, but we want one that makes disciples disciple makers. So we we had a good discipleship process, but we weren't seeing people go back and multiply. So, you know, you can add or you can multiply. We wanted to be able to multiply. So right now we're in a process of, we're, we're still responding and growing, but not aggressively because we're taking a season, probably the next year, to just work on an effective multiplication at an individual level, a discipleship strategy, because then hopefully that will open it up to us to do a better job at being able to reach our goal, which is to tie the state of Kansas. And as the outreach grows beyond that, beyond the geographic boundaries of Kansas, maybe, uh, maybe even increase that, but, but that's the future for us. 
That's amazing. Well, I, I hope if you're listening in, you're finding today's conversation super encouraging. There's so much we could talk about, but I really would encourage you to follow along with this story. This is one of those churches that you need to be plugged in with. Uh, even if you're not in a rural context, this is a church you should be learning from uh, for sure. Anything else you want to share before we kind of wrap up the episode and uh, move on with the rest of our days? <laughs> Well, uh, just what I what, what I shared, you know, everything is a, a giveaway for us. I know we've got some resources. I think you're going to tag on this thing. But uh, if you're out there and you're a church planner or if you're in a ministry that is struggling, uh, we don't need to come and take over uh, if we can help. Uh, all you got to do is reach out. We'll be glad to share all resources. We'll connect and encourage. We consider part of our blessing that the Lord has given us at the effectiveness that we're doing because we've opened the doors and decided that we need to be interested in more than just who we are. So reach out, get in touch, and uh, and would be more than happy to help you where you are. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we are, we are going to provide a download you'd provided called Reading It Right. Tell us a little bit about this. This is obviously a tool that you've used to help people think through uh, reading scripture, but tell, tell us about it. Yeah, it's kind of the heart of our disciple disciplines, uh, our spiritual disciplines principles. It's a Bible study method. We want everybody to become a self feeder, and uh, and it's uh, it's a way for you to learn to do Bible study where you don't have to go out and purchase a Bible study. Uh, we Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen all scriptures God breathed useful for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Well, we just take that as those are the four uses of scripture. They're a roadmap. Look for these four things as you study God's word, and you're going. To be getting the most out of it that you can, so uh, that yes, that's a that's the uh, a reading it right quick study card. There's a lot more resources. Uh, I believe you'll be sharing the um, the website. Yep. Go to to crosseyedleaders.com. You have more uh, on that and uh, and tons. Almost all of our documents that we used in growing the one year assimilation plan, stuff that we don't even use anymore that may be helpful to somebody. We we catalog there. We just want people to be able to use it if it's helpful to them. Yeah, it's fantastic. You really should check that out again. That's crosseyedleaders.com. We will share that. Is there any other way if people want to track along with you or with the church, how can they do that? Well, you know, probably the you can go to the church website, crosspointnow.net. We're rural, so we don't have an E on it. We're not that fancy. It's just <laughs> crosspointnow.net. Uh, but uh, to get in touch with me, uh, andyaddis.com has all the social media platform things. You can get in touch with me directly by email. There's a, a voice service. I'd be glad to uh, to help walk you through whatever you might be looking for, however we might help Nice. Really appreciate being on the show today, Andy. Thank you so much. Cheering for you guys and just appreciate being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>